from recruiting and consulting firm RiderFlex with your host, Steve Urban, comes the RiderFlex Nation podcast, a show featuring entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviews. If you enjoy our show, please be sure to subscribe to our channel and like the episodes. And on today's episode of the RiderFlex podcast, we have Connor Duby, the partner and director of sales and marketing at Active Blogs, and he's also the founder of Mile High Mentors. Connor, how you doing? Doing awesome, man. Thanks so much for having me. Good to see you. Absolutely. Uh, you, you, do, you do such a great job on your, your social media. You're all over the place, man. And uh, I love some of your videos, so it's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Yeah, I've been following what you're doing as well, and you're doing a phenomenal job of, uh, of building your business also. It's great to see others succeeding. It's always ex- inspiring for me to see other people just, just doing great with their companies. I, I appreciate it. I wish I was as young and good-looking and flashy as you, though. You, you, you probably get a few more viewers than me. Nobody wants to see a 50-year-old guy. <laughs> I don't know, man. You're pretty, you're pretty good-looking dude for a 50-year-old. Uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> like, like that's, that's the refinement age. See the, the, right. the women, like people like the, like the refined look, right? Like think of George Clooney with a little salt and pepper there compared you go. to like, you know, George, <laughs> George Clooney, like as a young dude. Exactly. Exactly. Well, well, let's start with, you know, your personal story, you know, just tell everybody about yourself, where you're from, maybe some family stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I'm native of Colorado, born and raised here. Uh, you know, traveled all over the world, but Denver is just like, it, it's home. Like I'm looking at the Platte River out here right now. It's just, and got a little snowfall. It's beautiful. Awesome. It's not, it's, awesome. it's unlike anywhere else in the world. So born and raised here um, and, uh, you know, raised of two, my, uh, my, my dad, who will do a second show with Mark as well, bring him okay. in at some point. But okay. um, he was franchising Remax offices in the early days and met my mom, who was an agent of Remax. I see. And okay. so I was born of the real estate world, which is probably what's uh, helped with my personality a bit, maybe. Okay. <laughs> you know, being being a kid <laughs> of two uh, real estate agents, and um, and both of them were were into selling or sales, and so they both had probably got great people skills. I'm guessing, which is where you got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, my like Remax, Remax's model early in the days was franchising, and and Mark was like one of the first people out there doing that, going state to state, franchising out the offices. And so, okay. um, he's a you know a mentor of mine, and same with my mom's been in sales there, and she's actually up in Fort Collins still. Same with Mark, but um, you know, I've always been kind of entrepreneurial and like very passionate about sales marketing. I've founded a number of companies. I started my first business at the age of seven, which I actually um, stole rocks from my neighbor's yard and stole, I collected, I collected rocks from my neighbor's (laughs) yard and my parents' yard. Um, When 9-11 hit and the Twin Towers went down, I wanted to find a way to give back. Okay. And so I painted rocks with uh, patriotic symbols and flags and stuff. And I sold them at a motorcycle rally to raise funds. So I think I raised like $120 at the age of seven. I donated it all wow. away. And that was my first dive into, um, you know, entrepreneurship. And uh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. And you're like, Oh, this is how it works. Okay. If you if you provide value and you present some type of product that people want, they'll give you cash for it. <laughs> right. I'm pa- I love I love um 
we live in such a world now where we can build businesses around being conscious and giving back, mm-hmm. um, but also not like be broke ourselves. Right. You know what I mean? It's like um, <laughs> we can empower ourselves, but also empower more people that way. And kind of, and I've kind of always been involved with nonprofits, um, donate a lot of my time throughout high school, was really involved with the business classes, started a lawn mowing company when, you know, in high school, I like right? literally, I okay. literally strapped my, my I, I drove this like 92 forerunner and I couldn't fit my lawn mower inside. So I literally strapped it to the top of my rooftop with bungee cords and like drove it through the neighborhood uh, to, uh, to mow lawns and, and make money. And I started washing dishes at the age of 14. So, um, gotcha. I was never very satisfied being stagnant and like, you know, not doing stuff not mm-hmm. working. But that entrepreneurial bug was there way early. So, yeah. so you knew, you knew early on, Hey, I'm going to own my own business. I'm, I'm not sure what it is, but I'm going to do, I'm going to be a partner or, you know, talk to us about that. Yeah. I kind of always, like, I didn't really know what entrepreneur meant, but I started studying successful people when I was mm-hmm. like 13 years old mm-hmm. and, um, you know, reading, my mom always encouraged me to read a lot. Um, you know, started reading a lot of books, studying others who were, and I'm, I was always like, you know, I want to be rich, like at a young age and like, I want to be successful and like, I want to help a lot of people and, uh, entrepreneurship is a vehicle for that. Right. Um, now I wasn't always like when I was in college, I actually did door to door sales for over two and a half years while working my way through college and earning my degree. Okay. And, um, and that was working for somebody else. I was working for this big corporate company. Um, I went on to manage one of their departments where I was training, managing 25 sales and marketer, market, marketers. Um, I've At- trained hundreds of people within that company to sell door-to-door also and, um, and uh, helped take one of those departments uh, to 11, uh, from four to $11 million in a year and a half. And even still, I'm like, I can't work for people. Like I drive people crazy, like trying to work for somebody else. is not my, my deal. Um, <laughs> but I like taking vehicles and helping to like grow vehicles. So when I graduated college with my marketing degree, I was either going to go straight into entrepreneurship and do my own thing, or it was organic for me to partner up with Mark, my dad and okay. um, build out this company. And that's what we're you know doing now. So your dad had had this company established, Active Blogs, or was it called something else when you were in school? It was called Proven Systems back in the day. They're very early innovators in content marketing, so they okay. did a lot of newsletters and blogs and um, you know kind of traditional content. When you know you used to like mail your company company's newsletter out, like literally in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, he started taking that digital. Uh, back in the early days and okay. uh, did a lot of that. And then we rebranded as active blogs um, a few years ago. When and, you joined, uh, when you joined, uh, this was right in like maybe right when I was starting to join, he had already made the decision to rebrand because of where the industry was going and being disrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, so we rebranded that way. Now and let me, uh, let me ask you this. When you were yeah, in yeah. school and you were working for somebody else, was he saying, Hey, come over here and join me. I mean, you know, so, cause at first you didn't, you didn't join dad, right? Were there early conversations? Was he saying, come on over here? And you're like, ah, I want to do my own thing for a little bit. Let's talk about that. Actually, no, he's a great anti-seller. So he, he was, uh, he was not trying to get me to come join his business. He was trying to groom me for a career in like 
and or entrepreneurship. Okay. I was the one who went banging on his door and I was like, Hey, like I'm already passionate about this. I love sales. I love marketing. Let me come in and work with you. He wasn't even trying to get like, he, he, he never kind of like was trying to get us kids. I've, um, uh, uh several other siblings. Okay. And he was never trying to like get us to take over the family business. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was kind of interesting in that, in that sense. And then you, so you pinged him and said, all right, dad, I want to, I want to join your team. And did you know that you wanted to handle sales and marketing? I mean, you knew that's what you were good at and you were like, Hey, I'll, I'll take over sales. Yeah, I came when I first came into the company, you know, my experience was like appointment generating for uh, this other company I was working with. So I'm like, hey, let me come in and like, first, I'll just kind of act as like an SDR role, right? Setting appointments for you. Yep. And, um, and, uh, and then that just kind of evolved into sales into marketing. So I'm kind of a hybrid a creature between both. Like I, I'm yeah. very deeply passionate about sales, but I also love and really deeply understand marketing, um, mm-hmm. which is something that we've kind of built into our own services as well as how we kind of structure ourselves in our own activities. How long have you been working with your dad now? How many years? Hmm. You mean back when he made me mow his lawn? Does that well, count no, too? No. I'm sorry. At, at, act, at <laughs> active blogs, like, so at active blogs, you guys have been together for what? two, three years? It's been, um, it's been over six years now. Oh, six years. Okay. Six years. And uh, what's that like on Thanksgiving, right? When you're, when you're, you're trying to visit, <laughs> trying to have family time, but you really talk business and then, you know, have there been a few times too, where you guys disagree on some topics and yeah, talk to us about what it's like to work every day, that. man, every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's a really great question. Like, Everyone told me when I told them I was going to go into business with my dad, they're like, don't go into business with family. Like, that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, we'll have to see. And, and um, quite frankly, we weren't even as close then as we are now. Like, okay. Mark is my best friend. Like, he's my homie. He's the dude I always call. You know, my dad is my best friend now. That's um, and I think working together has brought us so much more closer together. Um, it was the best decision I ever made. So, that's yes. Fantastic we talk business too much at the dinner table and uh and like everyone else in the family is like can you guys shut up about business already but yeah. we're passionate about it right like our sport you know um people talk about football our sport is business mm-hmm. right that's our sport we we're passionate about it in the same way people are fanatical about any other sport mm-hmm. so um so we're always talking about it and yes we spat too but that's <laughs> the thing that's a weird thing about working with family and you'll experience this too you, when you and your son start working together mm-hmm. is, um, you know, you can go at each other and, uh, and like, and like really butt heads. And we do oftentimes like really deeply disagree, mm-hmm. but we get over it really quick. Yeah. And I don't know if that's our personalities or the fact that we, we can't hold, like we got to keep moving forward. Yeah, we got to keep, sh- yep, yeah, exactly. You exactly. can't be stagnated and like being angry with each other. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we've never many- really even gone a day. Like I don't think, can't think of a time we've fought and never gone more than 24 hours without resolving the situation. Uh, that's awesome. How, how many employees now at the company? Uh, we have 25. 25. Okay. Yeah, All right. 25- and, and do you, so are you second in command, like a partner? Is it, it's, it's your dad and then you, or is there like a 
COO or, you know, talk to us about the org structure. I'm just curious. Yeah, we're one of those weird innovative companies that everyone's kind of like peer to peer and we all keep each other very accountable okay. um, with one another. So, so yeah, Mark's the president. I'm the director of sales and marketing. Um, we have a client success director who kind of also acts as our operating, you know, director, chief operating officer as well. Okay. And um, yeah, we all have a really important role to play. You know, people come to me when they have questions and resources because a lot of what we sell now, um, predominantly what we sell now, I created when I, I came into the business. So I'm kind of the subject, the in-house subject matter expert on that stuff. Okay. Um, same with Mark. And he's, you know, he, he really loves the high level, the operations and stuff. And I really love the, you know, outward facing side of the business, doing these podcasts, speaking, um, creating content, doing sales calls, all that good stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So that's a nice segue. So, so tell us yeah. then. So for the people that don't know active blogs, uh, give us the overview. Tell us what they do, why, why you're awesome at it. <laughs> well, we've, um, we've kind of, we're, we're technically a marketing agency, but there's a lot of marketing agencies out there. So we've done a really good job at kind of niching ourselves down into these industries, you know, really complex B2B industries, very technical industries where they're very smart people, but they kind of, they do, they struggle very much to market themselves Yep. and, um, and their messaging is off. So what we've done predominantly over the years is custom content creation. Um, we're focused on two things, which is custom content creation and strategy, and then LinkedIn social selling strategy and sales growth. Those are the two key things that we do. Okay. So we kind of married Mark's traditional arm of the business of content really high quality custom content with the reach in the business development efforts of LinkedIn um, social selling strategy that I'm, you know, very familiar with. And, uh, and, and we're the, you know, we provide the most unique market uh, services on the market for those particular industries. So if you're a, you're B2B, right? You're mm -hmm. B2B and you're a, what, a $50 million company. What's your target? Hundred million, fifty million. Yeah, go ahead. Um. Well, we've worked with Fortune five hundreds, um, like the CenturyLinks to small ten person companies. Um. Quite frankly, Steve, like I, I really love working with the SMB market. You know, company yep. that's doing a couple million to maybe you know mm -hmm. sixty, seventy five million dollars. Because when we help them and they're adding tens of millions or a few millions into their pipeline, that's a huge mm -hmm. impact compared to like you know, a big, huge fortune 500 company. And that's really exciting for me and, and for the team. You know, it was, it's interesting. I just had an email yesterday from one of our advisory board members here at Ryder Flex mm. and he has a company and um, you know, he's doing $30 million a year. He's been in business for 15 years. Yeah. He emails me yesterday and says, Hey, um, how do you do that? paid stuff on LinkedIn. I want to put out a post and I want to like promote it. I mean, he didn't know. And, and, and I was, I was thinking to myself, well, this is Connor's customer right here. This is exactly what Connor does. He, they, yeah. they help people like that. Right. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. Here's the thing is like, um, you know, I, we work with a lot of senior CEOs and senior level executives. Their business has been around 20, 30, hundred years. Right. Mm -hmm. And traditional means of 
business development, networking, using referrals, going to trade shows, cold calling, conferences, all those good, all those things are still good and they still work. But we're so distracted nowadays that not only do we have to reach enough of the right people, and there's more people in the sales cycle now than ever before, um, but we also have to consistently stay in front of them more than ever before. So a typical sales touch point of five, six, seven, eight, you know, uh, touches with somebody is now 15, 16, 20, like, you know, plus. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, LinkedIn is really there as a powerful tool, not to like be the end all be all of your sales and marketing strategies. It's there to help you create what's called omnipresence, Mm -hmm. which is something that I learned while I was you know, working in this company that I saw go from 13 million to $72 million in three years when I left. Mm. Um, so the thing about LinkedIn is paid ads is not the ticket, right? Okay. I can pump okay. all the money in the world into paid ads on LinkedIn. It's, it's good. And there's a time and place for it. But if I'm starting anywhere, um, organically through my personal brand and my personal brand development, I can reach 10, 20, 100x more people in a more targeted way than I ever could with paid ads. Mm. And that's the power. That's the beauty of LinkedIn compared to any other social channel or even B2B strategy is if I sell to a $50 million company, I'm selling to the CEO, CTO, CIO, C-suite, engineering manager, like there's six or seven people in there. If I'm just running paid ads, I'm betting against other people running paid ads, number one. Mm. Number two, um, I'm also not even clear on who I'm getting in front of, who I'm reaching half the time. Right, right, right. You know, I get these emails. Well, we'll call them, uh, I guess on LinkedIn, they're called in-mails, right? I get the messages (laughs) on LinkedIn. So as as the founder and CEO of RiderFlex, I I promise you. You get hit up a lot. I I get probably, (laughs) I don't know, 10 a day, right? And, And it's a you know, a generic sales email, they're pitching something to me and I, I never read them. Uh, the other thing I get is I'll get people to say, they'll, they'll send me a connection request and it'll be like, Oh, Hey, you're so cool. I want to connect with you and I'll connect with them. And then two minutes later, boom, I get the sales message, you know, and yeah. that is just annoying as hell. Can you talk about some of that a little bit, maybe give some advice? Well, yeah, it's automation, right? It's, it's predominantly, if you're experiencing that, it's because people are using some sort of LinkedIn software that's mm-hmm. going out, connecting with people, sending a follow-up message. Um, that's why the timing is like, whoa, I just connected with you. How did I get this like message uh, out uh, of the blue? I see. Um, so think of it this way. And this is where I'm really like, I know we live in the automation era and I want to save time just as much as anybody else. But if you're trying to do, if you're trying to add six and seven figures into your company, um, human react, human um, engagement is the, is the ticket to that. Like um, I can't send a robot yet to a networking event or a trade show to go talk to my prospects and go talk to my buyers. Mm-hmm. It's me. Um, I'm engaging with them human to human. If I go meet somebody in person, I don't pitch them right when I see them. Like, um, exactly. I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. And by the way, I've, I only know cause I've made these mistakes early on. 
I created my first LinkedIn profile when I was 15 and started and started screwing around with the platform. When I was 15 years old, I started screwing wow. around with LinkedIn. Um, is uh, it's like in the era of social selling, which is where all of this is going. Why do I need to interact with people differently on social than I would in person? Mm, than I would, you know, if Great. I were to meet you at a networking event, why would I interact with you any differently? So the way I help my clients look at LinkedIn is it is the world's largest trade show, industry trade show or networking or conference. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I go, I engage, I have all the other right pieces in place. Um, there's even more benefits to it than going in networking in person. But, um, but, but the way we communicate with our buyers is a much more humanized approach to LinkedIn instead of spamming out, you know, these long paragraphs, why not send a video, right? Mm -hmm. Why not send a voice message? That's how you and I got, you know, talking to each mm -hmm. other. I sent you a voice message. That's right. And, uh, you could hear my voice, but you I, could hear, you know, the tone. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I just want to touch on that for a minute. Um, yeah, I get pinged, like I said, all day, every day. You sent me that little voice note that came up on LinkedIn. I had never gotten one of those. And when I got it, I thought, oh, this is interesting. Let me, let me, let me click on this. I, you know, I, normally I would never even, you know, and I clicked on it. And when I heard your message, which was authentic and real, it wasn't just, you know, uh, a bunch of BS. But then I called my partner. I called my partner, Scott, and I said, I said, hey, man, check this out. I said, I've never, I've never got this before. This is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just my compliments, I guess, is what, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, you know, it was really, it was a nice personal touch that you had there. The, I mean, the reason cold calling works is because I can get that person on the phone. They can hear my voice. Um, the beauty of LinkedIn is when I send that, you can see me, my mm -hmm. content, my company, my authority, you know, um, a podcast I've been featured on all that good stuff. And, uh, it makes for a much more human, it, it makes for a way to take digital interaction much more humanized. Mm -hmm. So my team, now I have a, a, you know, sales guy also. Um, we have another one that that's in training right now. And, um, you know, what we help them do is like even take the CEO, the marketing director, the sales director, we put them into a single group message on LinkedIn. We label the group message and then we send them a customized video. Hey, Rider Flex team, Connor Doobie here. Hope you're doing really well. You know, greetings from Denver. Here's a Platte River. Like we send custom Love human it. stuff to them and it kills it. It Love crushes it. it. Love it. Crushes it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there are so many businesses, especially small to medium sized, that they they don't even have a company LinkedIn page. I don't, a lot of them don't. I mean, you, you'll look up, you know, John Brown, CEO of, you know, uh, something printing, right? Mm -hmm. in, in Johnstown, Colorado. And then you look at his profile and they, they didn't even have a company page. I don't, I don't think people understand the power of B2B in LinkedIn for sure. So, yeah. so, so you're helping these companies. They, they can contact active blogs and you guys will, how, how's that, how does that work? Are they paying you like a project fee? Are they paying you like a monthly retainer and you just, you just handle it all, you know, talk to us about the setup. Yeah. Just, just to kind of paint the picture of that make no mistake. Our name is active blogs. But we're, we're, and we still do a lot of that for our clients, but we're also very focused on LinkedIn. So we found when we we're doing blogs and content for our clients, we had to do a lot of extra legwork to get 
their prospects to their website and to their blogs and to their emails and stuff. I see. I see. Um, So when we marry it with LinkedIn, people are already there. They're already on the platform. So active blogs, yeah, the way we operate is most companies outsource this stuff to, to have us support them with it or we train, coach, and consult them on it. I see. Um, so we have a number of different ways. Um, you know, our cl- like we have clients that have been with us for 10, 12 years straight wow. doing content with us. Wow. Um, some of them come in, they get what they need, and then we, you know, part ways. And so we really, really, really customize everything we do based on every client's unique situation and, and setup. Can you handle all of their digital marketing? I mean, if I just said, hey, look, please take over my social and digital, just take it all. You, you guys can do that. Yeah, we've done, if, if there's something we don't do or can't do, we have all partners from being around for so many years to support mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What are some other routine mistakes you see people make? Because I'm just guessing you're, you're scanning social, you're, you're, on, you're on it all the time and you see companies. Mm-hmm. What are some just routine mistakes you see people or companies make? Social media. Well, um, first I would say their perception is off perception mentality. The way they see it is probably wrong because what most companies do is they see it as a one directional channel. Mm. So I have social media, I share a bunch of posts to social media and then out pops sales on the other end. That's what most people kind of perceive (laughs) as how social media works. Um, the other, the other miss perception is kind of, even though the genre is kind of like social selling, it doesn't mean going to social and like selling people and spamming people. Um, automation is another way that people try to save time. And then they're so disconnected from the process. They're burning, literally burning valuable relationships, just trying to automate stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the other thing is, they're not using their own voice and their own expertise. So if you look at my newsfeed and my own LinkedIn profile, 90 plus percent is coming from me, my perception of things, my perspective of things, my thought leadership. You see a lot of companies try to basically fill social noise by adding to the noise and they take a bunch of random industry blogs, news articles, other people's content, they share it out. And what's funny is um, I was even talking to uh, how, how much time we got a few minutes. Oh yeah. Um, you're, you're okay. Yeah. You're good. Okay. Um, I was, uh, I was talking to a, uh, a prospect we were consulting with the other day and we went and audited all of their, uh, their social media posts. Okay. And a majority of them actually led to competitors funnels <laughs> when you go and break it down. So again, that's the power of custom content coming from you versus um, you know, doing what everybody else is doing. For I, I am part. so glad. I'm so glad you brought that up. We we've, we've even had internal debates about this topic in in RiderFlex. Some of my team members will say, "Oh, we need to we need to share articles. We need to like you know forward articles and stuff." And I'm always like, "I, I don't want to do that." Every time I see people share an article or they'll put out something and say, "Oh, I, I read this cool article. Here you go, guys." What I think when I see that is, I think, okay. You don't have anything else. There's nothing else of value you can provide yourself other than sharing other content. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I, just, yeah, I never have understood that. I'm it so should. glad you brought that up. 
Yeah, well, it should, you know, like people, people want to know why buy from you. And, and this is also another major, major mistake of most companies. And I have a number, I speak to a number of CEOs every week who are, who come to me and they're frustrated. They're like, this marketing thing sucks. Like, I don't even know if I want to talk about this. I'm like, dude, I get it. Because reason being people get too hung up on these vanity metrics. Like mm. how many likes did I get on my post? How many views did I get? How many comments? That shit doesn't matter if it's not driving sales conversations, okay? <laughs> if it's not driving impact, right. it is vanity, it's vapid, and this is where a lot of people are frustrated with social media because it's not actually leading to sales, right? And if it's not leading to sales, you're not committed to it. You're not committed to it. You're not going to stay consistent with it. You're not consistent with it. It's not going to lead to sales. <laughs> so it's more of like a, like a full sort, like you got to have kind of the flywheel going, um, rather than just kind of seeing it omnidirect or one directional. Um, and, uh, and then also like getting hung up on vanity metrics is where a lot of people go wrong mm. with this stuff. Mm. That's a great point. Glad you brought that up as well. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this, you know, on the RiderFlex podcast, switching gears just a tad, we give out a lot of career advice, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of job interviewing tips on the RiderFlex podcast. Now that you're a partner uh, in the company, you obviously hire and fire and interview people and you've had to learn at a very young age how to be a manager and how to be mm -hmm. an executive. I'd like to ask your opinion on a couple of things. W when you're interviewing people now that want to work for the company. What are you looking for? What character traits or personality traits or characteristics are you looking for when you talk to somebody? The number one character trait is not what college they went to. I mean, it depends on the rule on the, on the, on the, on the role, but it's not the college we look, they went to. It's not the, um, uh, you know, how great, uh, they, their, you know, grades were, it is their optimism. And if mm. you audit our team internally, they're a intensely optimistic group of people <laughs> um, and great and gratitude, like all those things matter and they, and they relay over to our client's experience as well. So that's probably the key thing we're looking for is like optimistic people who mm. are excited, yep. um, enthusiastic, like that, that goes, um, Mm -hmm. um, that goes wonders in, in all areas of life. And I think it's one of the most underutilized, uh, skill sets is just being optimistic, mm -hmm. right? Um, positive, positive, positive energy, right? Yeah. Positive I, energy. It, yeah. it goes, it goes a long way. Just like you said, if you got good Massively. work, if you got good people skills, good work ethic, and you're positive, I mean, just, if you just have those three, you, you're, you're going to provide value, right? I don't care what your IQ level is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Now it's now again, that's easy for someone to say is like, just be optimistic. But, um, I think a lot of people aren't in those scenarios cause they're not actually applying for, they're applying for a job. They're not applying for a lifestyle that they want. They're not applying for, um, what they're actually passionate about. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, a lot of millennials are in and out of the job market is they're like, they're trying to pay off bills and they're just getting a job to get a job rather than like taking risks and going after what maybe they're working for free for somebody for a few months. And, um, and that leads to a six figure, you know, salary the next year. It's like, um, 
uh, pursuing, I think, I think pursuing after the things you're passionate about is really important. And, and most people aren't applying in those areas also. By the way, you can see your passion when you, uh, look at any of your posts or you check out the videos that you do. I mean, it's, it's obvious that you love what you're doing. You're having a yeah. great time. You're super passionate about it. Uh, so I, I think that's key. Uh, you're right. A lot of people driving around out there going to jobs that they hate because they think they have to. I don't know why people do that. I really don't. <laughs> I, yeah. And I've done that before. Like I, you know, I've, I've, um, like I, I didn't enjoy doing the door to door sales grind. That was a little different. I was in college. Like I did, that's a little different in college, yep. you know, job than like finding your career. But here's the thing. And this is kind of the, even like behind the, the premise of our podcast also is like, we live in the best era ever and we have access to unlimited amounts of people and resources. Mm -hmm. So if you want a job at any company in the world, the same principles that apply to getting um, a job, a career, a lifestyle, uh, the same principles that apply to prospecting, like for sales, mm -hmm. those same principles apply for looking for a career and getting opportunity. You're right. Like you can use the same thing and you can literally, <laughs> I, I truly believe I could go get hired anywhere if I applied for it. Like I, I know that I can go get hired anywhere because persistence yep. and, um, and not taking the traditional route of, you know, submit my resume and then wait around for them to get back. Like I would hunt that shit if I really, really wanted it. <laughs> and I think people need to get more passionate about what they're doing and pursuing. That'll help them be more persistent. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So if somebody wants to talk to Connor or, or hire active blogs, what's the best way to go about that? Um, I would say probably uh, you just ping me on LinkedIn, Connor Doobie, uh, D-U-B-E-C-O-N-N-O-R, Instagram, okay. Facebook. I'm, I'm everywhere. I don't use Twitter that much, believe it or not. Like I okay. rarely use Twitter. It, you know, um, it's it's tough to use all of them. It's just hard to keep up with all of them. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, by uh, by the way, your last name I, that must have been so much fun in high school to have the yeah, last right? name, the last name Doobie. I mean, <laughs> I know being in Colorado, like I had to learn how to like roll the best Doobies out of obligation. Like even if I if I wasn't partaking, like hey, your last name's Doobie, you can do this, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I got you. <laughs> Such a great name. I mean, if, I you're, if you're at a social gathering, I mean, I mean, right there, that's an instant conversation starter, right? I mean, exactly. it's, it's great for a sales guy too. Like, Hey, my name's Connor Doobie. The person you're talking to is like, really? That's your yeah. name. I mean, <laughs> and there's all people like we, we have clients all over the world and you know, people in like the UK and Australia and they, everyone knows about Colorado and, and they're like, your name's Doobie and you live in you Colorado. Live in Colorado. I know. So I guarantee you, Steve, Mark and I will, will start a company at some, we have to like some brand or something in the hemp industry or the <laughs> cannabis industry at some point in time. So. It's so good. When I first, when you first pinged me, I thought to myself, nah, that's not his name. Come on. That's, that's, that's like a stage name or something. <laughs> <laughs> stage name. Yeah, I made it oh, up. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I, I appreciate uh, you being on the Rider Flex podcast. Congratulations on everything you guys are building. I, I really admire your energy and, you, and your positive spirit and, and what you're doing. I mean, I liked what you said earlier. Hey, we're all in it to make money, right? We, we want to make money and pay the bills. But if you can also just help people and, and if you feel good about helping people and you can make money, that's, I mean, that's, that's the home run, isn't it? 
Yeah, they, they go one in the same. I think something I've learned from, from mentors of mine over, over the years is like, if I'm a good person and I have a good heart, can I, can I do more good with a $50 million a year business than with a $500,000 a year business? Right. Exactly. The answer is yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Connor, Connor, thank you so much for being on the Rider Flex podcast. I appreciate it. Um, let's get together soon for happy hour yes. dinner or something. Okay. Yeah. Doobies. Yeah. You ever hang out with two doobies yeah. at one time? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yeah. I want to meet your dad, Mark. So absolutely, man. We'll, we'll get you and your son together and, uh, and, and we'll do it here soon. That sounds North. good. Really That's- appreciate it, man. This is a blast. Thanks a lot, Connor. Talk soon. Cool. See you, brother. The Rider Flex Nation podcast can be heard just about anywhere these days. But you can visit riderflex.com and click on our podcast page to hear all the previous episodes and learn more about the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Contact us at the email address info at riderflex.com or 888-964-5876. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.